It's bad, but somehow not the most offensive thing Roseanne's done on this episode of WatchBots. Can you do me a favor? When? This is a serious question. Can you do it holding your nose? It's bad. No, I can't do it. Why? Sure <laughs> you can. Oh, boy. Because I breathe through my nose when I talk. It's one sentence. It's bad. But somehow, not the most offensive thing Roseanne's done on this episode of Watchbots. Okay, now hold your nose and try it to do it uh, like you're in the movie Fargo. No. Or like you're Ringo Starr. If either of you wants to do it instead, that's fine. fine. I think we've got what we need. Welcome to WatchBots, the uncancelable podcast. This is Ben, and I'm joined by Shailen. Hello. Hello. And by Dave. Hi. I, uh, tonight, I was uh, driving home. I was picking up my daughter from, from dance, and we mm-hmm. drove, drove by a, a Hooters restaurant. Hell yeah. And I had this thought of, like, where did Hooters come from? Like, wh- what was the pitch for Hooters? It was just a guy like sitting there, like, yeah, it serves like chicken, but there's like boobs. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know what what that what that meeting room was like, what that investment meeting was like. It was full know. of straight white dudes. That's what that meeting was like. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a flawed concept because if you wanted to be called Hooters instead of Wings, they should serve chicken breast. You're not wrong. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's completely off. Like they just they had this idea and then they just they missed the mark. Or alternatively, we've been reading it wrong this whole time and Hooter waitresses outfits are meant to showcase their elbows. <laughs> <laughs> you consider that. Or, oh, the the tank tops are to show off their shoulder blades, their their wings, their chicken wings. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. definitely what yeah. it is. I like how the Hooters concept has evolved into other businesses. So like there's like it's not called Hooters haircuts, but it's a similar idea. A woman dresses in you know tight clothes and cuts your hair. I, I don't know. That's it's not what I'm in it for. Like I don't want to sound overly woke. That's not what I'm going to a haircut place. No, for. no. I think like even if I you know thing I was into like haircut is like a, a bridge too far for me because like it's like it's very very close, right? Like they're mm. like really really like a waitress at Hooters is not right over you like cutting your hair like. A woman. Yeah, I would this, hope that the Hooters waitress is not cutting your hair. Yes. <laughs> cutting your hair, like taking your <laughs> uh, taking your orders, right? Like, but a a woman at like a, a Hooters uh, haircut, or, you know, a Hooters barber shop is like that's like a bridge too far for me. That's too close. I just like that we're in New England and we're like, oh man, Hooters, so much skin. But like, if you get to certain Southern states, there are people, there are restaurants where women serve coffee and lingerie, and that's like oh, fuck. Name one state where that happens: Florida, Texas. Oh. I need yeah, two states, Ben. I have an announcement to make. This podcast is getting even more remote because I'm moving to the south. Oh, 
Gross. Because I love women. Don't objectify women. I Stop it, both of you. Move I said, on. I love women. There was a, uh, uh, there's a restaurant called Shooters somewhere in Texas. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a chain, mm-hmm. but it's like Hooters, but for legs. And when I saw it, uh, I, I, <laughs> Shooters I hate for it. legs? Yeah. But it's like, so it's just like, instead of like showing off a woman's breasts, right? Like, yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. know, a tight shirt, they like have like these very, very short shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the waitresses there mm-hmm. have to like be very leggy. According to the the owner or the managers, um, and what a fucked up world that's disgusting. It is gross, but if like I don't know why it's called shooters. Like to me, that just sounds like because basketball. Someone has like explosive diarrhea. I was going to say somebody so, loves like, Jello shots. Yeah, it's a weird. It, restaurants are weird, man. I mean, that, I think that's the that's the takeaway, right? Like I remember ten years ago, I was real into the Travel Channel. And they would always showcase like the most extreme places to get a burger. And there was that place in Vegas. I think it was called the Heart Attack Grill. Yep. And they specialized yep. in serving like a 5,000 calorie burger. And the waitress would come out and like a nurse bustier. And it's just like all these <laughs> it's sad, so morbidly obese people. Ooh, let me take your blood pressure. And I think they were taking their blood pressure. I don't know. Yeah. It's mixing too much stuff together. I like that you're... The way you describe it is like restaurants are weird, and I'm like, mm, the objectification of women by society no, sucks. When you said, mm, do you mean like it's delicious? No. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Some good objectification. Mm-hmm. No Sean, such that's thing. Awful. That's awful. That's not what I said. But the uh, she said it. Um, Hooters. I hate. I don't like Hooters. My manager, like a couple jobs ago, uh, we were on a work trip, and he was like, "Hey, we should go to Hooters," and I was like, "I'd rather." Fuck yeah. I'd rather not. <laughs> Why? I was like, I don't know. It's just, and I don't get it. Like, I do not understand the clientele of Hooters. I guess we've lo- just lost Hooters as our sponsor. No, I had them on the hook for two years. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. We were just going to sign that deal. Nine figures. But like, who goes to, it's the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna go, to go to Hooters and just like, just ogle the waitress. It's just like a weird concept to me. I, I don't. It's not just like a weird and also gross uh, concept. It's also that their food's not that good. Whoa. Um, whoa, Shailen. Whoa. Like, they're. Shit, whoa. There used to be. Shailen. There used to be a Hooters across the street or really close to across the street from what is now the Boston Garden, which is not the real garden, but separate conversation. Um, every no, time let's I ever. Let's spend 25 minutes on every it. Every time I ever went there, like. <laughs> The chicken was cold if you ordered the wings. Shale. The grilled cheese was burned if you got the grilled cheese. The hot dogs were like gross. That's it. The hot dogs were yeah, gross. Yeah, they should have called That's them. The whole sentence. There should have been gross dogs on the menu and burned cheese, huh? There's probably a reason yeah. that Hooters didn't last in Boston, but like. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Not fucking tough enough. Food. Can't gross. handle it. Yeah, the city couldn't handle it. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was, Dave. But anyway. But I think that's what Ben was trying to say. Yeah. Couldn't hack it. There should be a Hooters where hot dudes are wearing like banana hammocks. And then, yeah, it's called Peckers. <laughs> it probably is. That's a pretty good name. Yeah, Thank we're not going to do better than that. Yeah. And they just serve. That's probably true. They're famous for like fried pickles or something. Why fried pickles? <laughs> Peckers, man. I don't know. Fried pickles are in wedges. Uh, they could be fried bananas. Nah. Yeah. I mean, we could have all sorts of phallic, phallic foods. No, there's only one. Fried. The they ban- serve just <laughs> hot dogs. The banana. Uh, no, they, we call them gross dogs in this part of the world, Shailen. Fried eggplant. 
hit me up with the hashtag fried eggplant gross dog. <laughs> speaking of gross dogs. <laughs> speaking of gross dogs, I'd like to engage in a brief show and tell segment before we get into our thing here. I made a purchase recently. It just showed up to the house today. Longtime listeners will remember that in episode one, way back when, we talked about G.I. Joe, and the episode was The Game Master, where a nefarious guy had some of the Joes and some of the Cobras in like a compromising situation where they were in candy cane lakes and shit like that. Well, anyway, there's a company called Super 7 that does all kinds of different licenses and toys and stuff. But their big thing that you would see in Target or Walmart or whatever is the reaction line. So their original G.I. Joe size guys, there's like Johnny Cash ones and there's McBain ones, which reminds me, I want to get the McBain ones and so yeah. on and so forth. And they've, they've done like tons of movies, Aliens, so many. Jaws. Yeah, yeah, so many. But they finally have looped around to doing G.I. Joe. And one of the figures that they came out with is the Games Master's drone. So like the robot <gasps> guy from the Games Master. So listeners... Maybe I'll I'll bed some music in under this. I'm gonna hold this up to the camera so so Dave can see here. Oh my god! So it's it's a uh, it's it, they've got a is that a cobra symbol on the arm there? Uh, yeah, that's sort yeah. of the weird thing about it, right? Is it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense yeah because games master was not affiliated with cobra That's or joe correct. they were they were they had to work together to defeat the games master but it's a creepy clown robot wearing like a winter's jacket is that is that what i see like a, there's like yeah a around yeah it. he's he's wearing like a han solo on hoth get up yeah yeah and i don't know it's for its inaccuracies and believe me there are many 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 inaccuracies I do like that these weird, obscure things are making their way into the zeitgeist. Maybe this toy will finally get people listening to our first episode and will finally become famous. And, <laughs> you know, and, and restaurants that objectify women will reach out to us. Again, we had to, we, we to rebuild those bridges. So, Yeah, that's true. That's true. We kind of burned that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of burning bridges... There was once a stand-up comedian by the name of Roseanne Barr, and she was justly, unjustly, I don't know, I'm not here to judge, canceled by the liberal media. But before that happened, she had a cartoon <laughs> called Little Rosie. And we'll get into the whole story of Little Rosie here, but Dave, you picked Little Rosie, and boy, I can't imagine why, and I... Would sure love some some illumination on that. Yeah, Dave, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I um, picked up a rock on the internet and just found this giant bug called Little mm-hmm. Rosie. I don't. I have no idea how I came across this. I think I was reading about uh, the Louis Anderson cartoon, Life sure. with Louis, after he passed away. Rest in power. Yeah, and I think I I was like Life with Louis. There was a lot a lot of other comedian cartoons. I'm going to Google that. And then Little Rosie came up. And what I saw in the images, I just knew we had to unearth it. We had to try to get our arms around this thing and figure it out. So I brought it to you guys to help me. Fair enough. So, Shailen, I take it you love it. So Save your judgments for three hours from now when okay. we start talking about the cartoon. <laughs> Let's go back, you guys, to the year, I don't know, 1987 or so. The Cosby Show 
was running wild. Nothing bad was to befall any members of the Cosby family. And the executive producers of the Cosby show, Marcy Carsey, Tom Warner, who localites might know as an owner of the Red Sox, let's go Red Sox, wanted a no-frills family comedy. (laughs) And they went to a Cosby writer named Matt Williams who started putting this idea together. Now take a young, hip comedian named Roseanne Barr out there talking about blue-collar life, talking about all the (laughs) shit that she talked about. The voice of middle middle America, she was For better or for worse. Worse. And Mm -hmm. so she was cast to be the mom in this story. And so you get Roseanne, the sitcom. Now, Roseanne would establish very early on a pattern of psychopathic behavior. When she saw the first episode, she was stunned that she didn't get a created by credit, even though, quote unquote, the story was about her life, even though she didn't write or produce or actually create create the show. But she did throw a little shit fit and got this guy, Matt Williams, fired, which led to Joss Whedon and Amy Sherman Palladino of Gilmore Girls fame getting their first writing job. So I don't know. Huh. Bad behavior can have... Monsters beget monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every once in a while, all the wrong things can lead to the right outcome, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's good. Truth care, truth brings. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all the wrong things. Shailen will sing at the end of this show. That's <laughs> true. Everybody knows Roseanne, right? You had the song and everybody's laughing and they're normal people living anything but normal lives. Did you guys watch Roseanne way back when? Oh, my family was entrenched in the universe of Roseanne. Uh, there was <laughs> Sure, the, the, the Roseanneverse. It was very rare we did not eat a dinner with, the, we called it the little TV uh, in the in the kitchen. It was on the counter. How little was it? It was a little, it was a little teeny tiny portable one that oh, ran boy. out of battery pack. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and it, Roseanne was on that. <laughs> how, how did you all watch that? It was on the counter with Roseanne on while my mom cooked dinner. And if the episode wasn't over when dinner started, we finished watching it while we ate dinner. It was always on. It was a thing. Did you like it when you watched it as a child? You remember as a, as a kid, right? You weren't you weren't the person you are now. It is okay to say you liked it if you at did. that point in my life. I didn't know that I was entitled to have an opinion one way or another. It was just like inevitability. It was there, and it was something I would mm. consume. The end. Do you feel like watching it on the quote unquote little TV? Made it a better or worse viewing experience? Significantly the, the better because the speaker was tiny, so you couldn't really okay. hear her voice. That's like how I watched uh, Avatar on an airplane, and I'm convinced to this day that that was the best way to watch that movie. Because I could've... wasn't fooled by the visual tricks, folks. No, no, no. <laughs> I focused ben, 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 on the you, story you, well, and the dialogue. The, shame on you. You have to. You both have to see Roseanne on the IMAX screen. <laughs> the 3D it's, glasses. It's awesome. I do not. Yeah. John Goodman <laughs> fucking pops. Dave, Roseanne fan? Rose, Rose fan? No, my my uh like like Shayla, my my mom and dad loved it, but I uh I didn't I don't know if I got it or I was too young, like it didn't didn't appeal to me. Uh I I found Roseanne to be what well, I didn't think this as like a 5-year-old or 6-year-old when I was watching. But I, found, I found her to be abrasive, I guess. Mm. Just her voice and like I don't know, the the way she talked to people. It wasn't my show. I I, I 
wasn't for me. What about you? Sure. I mean, I know I watched it. It's one of those shows that like in one ear out the other. Hmm. I feel like I was leaning to the right a lot more when I watched it, but I don't know. I don't know. I will will say (laughs) that Martin Mull on Roseanne was a GD delight. Absolutely. So I'll give them that. But we're not here to talk about Martin Mull. Yeah, sorry. So I was going to say, I do recall there's, there were some episodes that stuck out to me, like when they dealt with like Roseanne's daughter coming out and, or was that? That was her mom. Was that in the corner? (laughs) That was her mom. Okay. Someone came out. I remember like it being a big deal. That was Ellen. Monsters to get monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember that being a big deal. And there was also a like a bunch of episodes with Laurie Metcalf that like they started focusing on her character. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot about her as an actress and then she came she was in Scream Two and I just kept saying, It's the lady from Roseanne when I was watching the movie. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Have you ever seen Laurie Metcalf and Francis McDormand in the same room? Because I know I haven't. <laughs> Do you consider that? Yeah, Laurie Metcalf, star of Nomadland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. A fine film. So Roseanne, the sitcom, enormous hit in the late 80s, just like otherworldly big. So Roseanne, big star, went on to be a film star. My favorite movie, She-Devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you do from there? You marry Tom Arnold. Another weird comedian. Just ride the coattails of stardom <laughs> with Tom Arnold. And you got you to gotta look at increasing your brand. And you've already conquered families, you know? Adults love that blue-collar comedy, and you just know that that sensibility is going to work with the kids. And so Roseanne and Tom decided that they needed to make a Roseanne-themed cartoon. Some could say a PR misstep. Some could say horribly ill-advised. I say, why the fuck not? YOLO. You know? That's what I think. Hmm. So they went to Nelvana. Nelvana is an animation company that has done millions of shows. Uh, The Beetlejuice cartoon, Eat the Cat, The Magic School Bus, The Adventures of Tintin, just millions and millions and millions of cartoons. I forgot who Nelvana was, but mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that like polar bear like star logo at yep. the end of the show, I, I it came right back. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you what they did, but they sure did a lot. So that's something, I guess. <laughs> Quantity over quality. <laughs> and what did they come up with? Roseanne and Tom and Nelvana, the whole crew, came up with a show where a young Roseanne, going by little Rosie, her sister Tess, her best friend. Or brother? <laughs> Question mark. Buddy. <laughs> Hang out with parents and nerds and other kids to come up with a show that's like half Muppet Babies, half Life with Louie, and all 100% kid-themed entertainment. I would like to posit a different theory of how this came to be. Yes. I think that this cartoon was created. It was bad. And yeah. then they said the only way to make this work is with a celebrity endorsement. What kind of scumbags around here would offer their names to this? Shailen, whoa. And they came up with yeah, Roseanne and Tom Arnold. You're feisty today. Feeling, but she wasn't feeling. a scumbag back then, according to how the public perceived her. <laughs> okay. Well, then that means that surely she couldn't be a villain if no one knew of her crimes. Listen, the public loved slash loves the Teflon Don, so I don't know that public opinion is always <laughs> the best court, but... But I mean, like, if Shailen's talking about, like, creating the cartoon back then, maybe they didn't know she was a monster back then. Shailen, I would like to posit a different theory. Okay. That I did 
fucking research mm-hmm. and I know how it went down and I reported it accurately. I think that And that you're out here muckraking. I'm out here. You're a muckraker. I'm being the Howard Zinn of cartoons over here. Spreading misinformation. <laughs> I'm you're telling like, you like a, CNN a people's history here. of animation. That's correct. <laughs> that, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Howard, if you're out there, we would love to work with you on that project. An interesting thing about building the brand, though, with Roseanne and Tom. Roseanne, not involved with this cartoon in any way. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Didn't huh. voice the character. It's shocking, I know, because they had such a good facsimile of Roseanne. Didn't write any episodes, didn't really contribute anything. Demanded a created by credit, though, on this. This sounds very familiar. <laughs> interesting. Hmm. Interesting. A little pattern, a little pattern behavior there. And, you know, I'm sure that they waltzed in to Nelvana and they were like, Ma, I'm, I'm Roseanne. And they thought it was going to was gonna work. But let me tell you, the Roseanne dust, it ran out, Shailen. It ran out in 1990. Ran out. Because the single season of Little Rosie had horrific ratings. <laughs> ABC wanted changes. They want, ABC, honest to God, was involved in the Saturday morning cartoon. Wanted changes from Roseanne. One of those changes was that Roseanne was going to come in and voice the character as if that would make uh, the more appealing, the many other flaws of the show lesser. Jesus Christ. To hear, you know, to hear Roseanne Barr's voice go, it's super rosy, might have saved the show. I don't know. She had star power. Seems unlikely. I mean, it worked for life with Louie. Like, he was able to voice his character in a horrifying way that somehow attracted <laughs> children to watch it. Children love adults talking like children and sounding like monsters. It only worked with Harry Mandel as Bobby in Bobby's World. True. Yeah. But let me tell you this. It didn't happen, okay? I don't know if the fault is on the American Broadcasting Corporation, more than likely on Roseanne. Maybe it's on the American people. More than likely on the American people. But it fell mm-hmm. apart. We didn't get that second season of Little Rosie. And the whole idea, the whole concept of a Roseanne cartoon went away. Or Shailen did it. Did it? No. Okay. <laughs> Answer is no. <laughs> Take what you know about Roseanne Barr, the level headed person she is, and apply it back 30 years. <sighs> the show was canceled in 1991. The very next year, Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold were. Undeterred. In fact, they were fucking defiant. And they financed their own special with Nelvana called The Rosie and Buddy Show. That was part them pitching a pilot for a new cartoon for some reason, and part them just grinding some axes with ABC. Roseanne voiced Rosie and Tom Arnold voiced Buddy, which, if Buddy is a brother and not a best friend, is pretty fucking weird, but we'll put that to the side. Mm hmm. But the characters went to Cartoon Land to produce their show, but a group of weasels that were all named Power refused to let them do the show that they wanted to do. Did you see any stills of this cartoon? Yeah, it, it looks yeah. like a nightmare. Yeah, and it, like the weasels all have like these huge power jackets on, <laughs> and these like broad-shouldered weasels that are all like. I think I saw one where they you have like, to voice like, the character. Yeah, yeah, it has to so not bad. suck, but like. <laughs> Walk this logic backwards, right? So the the inference here is that Little Rosie is not the show that Roseanne wanted to do. But if you think about the note that ABC had notes on the series and wanted to make changes, wouldn't the conclusion then be that Little Rosie was 
the show that Roseanne wanted to do? Like, what was the show that she wanted to do that was so different? I think she wanted to do a show that would be successful and make her money. And what they produced was terrible. Right. But like, what is she, what are her ideas? She right? didn't have ideas. That's my conclusion. Oh, she had ideas. We'll talk about that in just a moment. <laughs> Fast forward to 2016. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was the end of the, uh, the Little Rosie cartoon. Since then, quiet life for Roseanne Barr. She bounced around. Uh, she ran for president in 2012, somehow got 70,000 votes for president, which, boy, I'm just going to I'm just going to stop myself from saying something terrible. That's if you voted for Roseanne for president, just walk into the ocean like we just we'd have no use. For you. The party was the Green Tea Party at one point, <laughs> and then she did it with the Green Party. Uh, and yeah, the Peace yeah. and Freedom Party is where it ended. So, yes, 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 yes. But then obviously that didn't work. And then. Because what's old is new, ABC wanted to bring back the Connors. Roseanne said some things which, <laughs> the quote was, could be construed as racist. Uh, now she just said some, some monstrous things. Just canceled <laughs> off the show. I'm sure Roseanne is around on the internet, but she's on a dark corner that even I will not go down. So I don't know what yeah. she's up to in 2022, but uh, I don't want to know. That's well, how I, I, I want to know. So the, the Roseanne revival was supposed to be pretty good, and then they changed it to the Connors. Which is a shame. Like, you know, I don't know if it was a the show world was wrong. highlighting different things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a little too far, Ben. But uh, yeah, it's just, she just, she keeps getting her own way. Mm -hmm. And in John Goodman's way. Nobody should stop John Goodman from, from starring in a show or a vehicle. The babe himself, yeah. Fred Flintstone, uh, king the among men. babe himself. <laughs> <laughs> so. He, he raised Arizona, damn it. <laughs> he sure did. We're talking about. <laughs> Something called Super Rosie. And I'm really flummoxed here, you guys, because I don't understand what we watched in a broad sense, but also like in a very literal sense. Trash. Shailen, that's a spoiler. We are not there yet. The structure of Little Rosie was that each episode was split up into different segments, right? Super Rosie Part 1 aired as part of the original episode on September 8th, 1990. Super Rosie Part 2 aired on October 13th, 1990. There's no listing where those two were together, but I can't, for the life of me, figure out where the division is between those two parts because it's all one contiguous yeah. story. So we'll talk about it, but does that mean like halfway through it cuts and then they aired the second part a month later and expected you to remember what the fuck? It, it also meant? means that someone, if, if that's the case... Someone on the internet took the two episodes and spliced them together in a really seamless that's, way. There's, I that's don't correct. See any yes, I, I took a note on that as well. That I was amazed that Daily Motion user Nostalgia Heaven apparently <laughs> took the time. They've had the video files for Little Rosie, and I'm sure there's a torrent out there somewhere, but I, oh, I don't okay. know. And said, "No, the whole epic of Little Rosie needs to be told." They're doing more work than the people who like re-edited the Phantom Menace together so that it was cohesive. <laughs> like taking these two things, putting them together in a seamless fashion. The answer more than likely is that it re-aired somewhere or sure, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. But I, I like I prefer the idea of someone just putting so much care into this. They were like, these viewers won't see any seams at all. This is just mm -hmm. one unspoiled cartoon. So the writers here are Julianne Clem. 
mm-hmm. who wrote for the Beetlejuice cartoon, Where's Waldo? All new Dennis the Menace, Biker Mice from Mars, Power Rangers, X-Men, and this, and that's it. I mean, that's an impressive list. She had a good run, some better than others. And by Taylor Grant, uh, a gentleman who I'm just going to open myself up to a libel suit, very full of himself. Uh, (laughs) Folks, check out Taylor Grant's IMDb page. I'm just going to read you one paragraph of his six or seven paragraph IMDb bio that he wrote himself. As an author and two-time Bram Stoker Award a nominee, Taylor has shared pages with Stephen King, Neil Gaiman, Clive Barker, and many of the top writers in speculative fiction. With a career start in children's entertainment, he served as a staff writer and development consultant for multiple production companies, working on various projects such as Beetlejuice, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Bad Dog, and Monster Farm, which he created and co-developed for television. A wealth of credits refers to himself as a producer, films and development. I've never heard of those films. <laughs> and I think the fact that he doesn't bring up Little Rosie as a career highlight says a lot about one Taylor Grant. Yeah. If that is his real Taylor, name. show the warts, man. Yeah, this man is, up. This is maybe the one time where not announcing your connection to something makes sense to me. That's not true. Taylor Grant would not be welcome in Hooters. Okay? <laughs> Why? Not allowed. Not a real Two-handed. man. Uh-huh. Oh, and not a man. <laughs> See, <laughs> also that, yes. Speaking of libel suits. Maybe too much of a real man. I don't know. Probably. Anyway, allegedly. So I, I don't know when this fucking thing aired. I, I had to guess. So I'm going with the original Super Rosy Part 1 air date of September 8th, 1990. I like that you have determined the actual specific date and that definitely aired at mm-hmm. that time, but I really wish I knew what else was happening in the world. So glad that you asked. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Okay. So we're going to start with toys. We got a boy toy and a girl toy because that's how things were set up then. September 1990 was maybe the peak of the WWF Hasbro figures. Who you got? The Ultimate Warrior was in his heyday well before he uh, was publicly espousing some horrible views. The Hulkster was not seen as the, the Coke can dicked racist that he probably was at the time. You 1990 had was such a pure time. These figures, they were hard plastic. They could do like arm movements. It was oh, those, those figures. So you could like pull their arm back and it would like shoot straight forward and punch. That's right. Yeah. Or you could, you could push them down and they would hop up off the turnbuckle. There were a million of them. They're a wonderful toy to reminisce about. And one of those toys that some of them are really expensive, but bright blue packaging, uh, well-marketed. A great toy for boys all around the world in 1990. I've got a Marty Marty Gennetti just hanging out in the corner off camera here. There you go. Yeah. We all have them. Now, Shailen, don't feel left out here. 1990, one of the big toys was also My Pretty Ballerina, a spectacularly named toy. What do you remember about My Pretty Ballerina? I was a ballerina in 1990, and I have no recollection of this toy, Ben. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, the internet told me it was a big one, so. My Pretty ballerina it's got a good was name. it like a barbie sure wow Jill, there's limits to my research i'm gonna just go ahead and google that and i'll be, get back to you top films here this week in 1990 i'm gonna go with the top five because they're all fucking bangers number one ghost the most erotic film that ever was mm-hmm. when they're doing Agreed. that clay pot thing oh man it's like when i visit hooters yeah and like whoopi goldberg <laughs> it's a similar idea 
Yeah. Number two, Dark Man, where Liam Neeson got his start. When I watch Dark Man, it's like when I visit Hooters, you know? He's got those bandages on and he's talking like a weirdo. Somebody's going to get a thumb cut off. Number three, <laughs> Presumed Innocent, a Harrison Ford legal thriller. I don't know if I've seen that. There's a couple Harrison Ford thrillers that I, I've never seen. Like Witness? Is that the one that takes place in the Amish country? Yes. Unimportant. I have seen that one. What is it? What about the one where he works around the clock? He's already <laughs> working 24 hours a day, Ben. I'm already working around the clock. No, I have not seen that one. God, yeah, there's just a ton of, like, if it's not Indiana Jones or Han Solo, I don't care. Fair or, enough. Or the Air Force One president. But we're not done. But what if the one-armed man? Anyway, what if on. What if the one-armed man? Nope, let's follow Fugitive. This. What if the one-armed man? What if, Provasic? Mm-hmm. Number four, Flatliners. Okay. That's a good <laughs> a movie. A strange and bizarre film that somehow got remade 20 years later. I thought the remake kind of sucked. Did the remake suck, or was that just- oh, Very, very much. I missed miss the remake on that one. Okay. Whoops. That's on me. And number five, Men at Work. And no, Shailen, I'm not talking about a land down under. I'm talking about Emilio. And I'm talking about- Oh, no, maybe Charlie. I'm just talking about Norm MacDonald and maybe not Emilio. No, that's that's dirty work. Yes. So <laughs> who am I thinking about? Which is much later. I think that was like 1998. The Men fuck? at Work is uh, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. I was I thinking about Emilio brothers, Estevez. The brothers reunite. They made Martin proud. Only was prouder when Emilio started in Judgment Night. The thing about Emilio like is that, that even his worst stuff, I like better than this cartoon. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's all. Shailen, that's harsh. Yep. To put a legend of the screen and stage against a children's cartoon, that doesn't seem fair to me at all. And yet here we are. Anyway, now we got to get into this fucking show. It starts off with a song that certainly does exist. Let's get amped. <laughs> the world is full of watch out fours. Can't do that. And tough. There are no mores. I've had all I care to take about that song performed by Ronnie Spector. From the Ronettes. They were big in the 50s and 60s. For real? That's the, actually the Ronettes? The song Be My Baby. Huh. The singer of Be My Baby. <laughs> the wife of uh, Phil Spector. I, I, I don't actually think that that's true. but <laughs> I can't tell if you're messing with me that that was from the Ronettes or not. I wonder, listeners. Hmm, do your research. <laughs> I won't lie to the listeners, Shailen. I wouldn't mm-hmm. do that. This opening is confounding to me. <laughs> Rosie appears to be just a ridiculous oaf. So this whole opening is her like stumbling into things. She looks kind of like Lucy from Peanuts. Yeah. They introduce her as this oaf or this klutz. Like, ah, I'm just a I'm just a klutzy kid. But the cartoon, she's anything but. Oh and no, she's very capable. Yeah, yeah. The opening lyrics, like the the world is full of no mores and can't do that's mm-hmm. and stuff. It was just like I was immediately annoyed. 
by it. <laughs> a feeling that like, would quickly dissipate, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to- and not, not just keep going up. Yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, this is just going to be a whiny kid who hates parents and, like, hates eating lima beans or whatever the fuck they're going to put in front of her. <laughs> just a, a yet another kid. And it's like, we've already, we've already done this. Like, Dennis the Menace and My Pet Monster. And, like, it's already been done. Like, ugh, oh, man. Just, like, just the idea of, like, having to sit through another one of these is, was uh, not the best start. Damn it, we're committed to doing it. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's our, a, sure that's our duty. There's a word that describes this show. And I'm going to throw it out right now. And the word is not fucking terrible, but that that's a word. That's you, two those words. Those two words you could use as well. The word is lazy. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll get back yes. to this. Uh, it's a really lazy show. So Roseanne Barr has a very distinct voice. One of the things that made her famous. So how do you translate that into child form? When Roseanne's not available, you got to get a voice actor who can pinch their nose and do whatever the fuck you do. Let's see how she did. Say your prayers, buddy. I'm giving it the little Rosie super colossal kick. Nails on a chalkboard, you guys. Nails on a chalkboard for the next 22 minutes. (laughs) So I 100% agree with you, but I will say she nailed the weird accent that Roseanne often has. It's not hard. Watch. I'm going to pinch my nose. Hey, I'm Roseanne. It's like, it's not a difficult accent. You, no, but I'm it's not. i with a super kick. It's not fair. It's not a kick. It's a kick. Kick. And I don't know what it is. That's what a Midwestern porn star does as well. A kick. That's, yes, that's right. I had to say it to know what you were making oh, okay. the joke with. <laughs> cool. I was like, I don't get the joke. Yeah, it was worse than nails on a chalkboard like i don't like roseanne barr's voice and somehow this cartoon took what already hurts my brain in my ears Mm -hmm. and they were like let's make it childlike and a million times worse Uh, that's what we'll do i mean there's a problem with what you said and that's making it childlike there's nothing (laughs) about this voice that is childlike it doesn't sound like a human voice Mm. no it sounds like um like air being let out of a balloon (laughs) But like that could speak English. I think this has the the world record for as soon as the episode starts for me checking how long we have left. Like I immediately <laughs> went over and it was like, oh my god, it's only ten seconds. There's a I, I put something in my notes later on where I, I the first time I said I fucking hate this. We're not quite there yet, <laughs> but it is part of my my reflection here. So again, this is our duty. So Rosie's hanging out with Buddy, her brother, best friend, and Tess, who is her younger sister. She kicks the ball over the fence, the super collider kick. Again, remember that. We'll, we'll come back to that. They kick the ball into Mrs. Kanker's yard. Mrs. Kanker is, of course, their neighbor. And then for a brief moment, uh, it becomes the inspiration for the Sandlot. Behold the yard of the dreaded Mrs. Kanker neighbor. Unfair adult and fun wrecker extraordinaire. Once the ball lands over there, it's game over. So the idea being, these kids think their ball is gone. You know, Brutus, the big bulldog, has it or whatever, Pitbull, whatever the fuck that dog in the sandlot is. St. Bernard. James James Earl Jones has it. And they're trying to figure out what to do. And at this point in the episode is where little Rosie comes up with her famous catchphrase. 
It's not fair. She gets to keep them because she's an adult, and we get to lose them because we're just kids. It's not fair. It's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> if you guys were wondering, yes, I did keep an it's not fair counter, and we will circle back to that at the end of the episode. And the answer actually is not 78. Hmm. Yeah, we, we have children, uh, all, all three of us, mm-hmm. and um, they're all around the same age. My daughter, my oldest, is uh, in a very much it's not fair stage. Mm-hmm. Is, your son, is your son in that stage? Consistently. Yeah. Um, he learned it's not fair from a kid in kindergarten. And after the second time I heard him say it, I told him life isn't fair and that's not an excuse to be a jerk to your parents. And then you said, suck it up, buttercup. But it comes out when he says it and it's really funny. He goes, it's not fair. <laughs> like, that's how yeah, I know you learned it, that not in our house. Yeah, it's it's a shitty behavior, but like, and my daughter does it too, and uh, it's just like, no, you you don't know what not fair means. But, You're like, the meaning just, of the word. Just to, just to have like a cartoon say this all the time. Even as a kid, I think I would watch this and be like, I don't know, Rosie. Like that's uh that's fine. Like maybe not the losing your ball, but there's a lot of other things that happen in this episode where she says it's not fair. And it like even as a kid, I'd be like, I I, I don't know. That seems okay. Like, like it's yeah. tone it's it down, Rosie. Really, really terrible. Abrasive. Yeah, I terrible. As, as we were watching this, I was doing like a mental calculation of how many times my parents would have. They were not like abusive or like hitting people kind of parents, but like there would have been severe consequences when I was a kid if I had said what she said or reacted the way she reacted. That's what she said. Um, like the the very first, that's not fair. I would have had like that tight grip on my forearm. That's not fair. Like you're going to stop saying that and you're going to go to your room because you have to come Jesus home with me. Like that kind of stuff. Take it easy. Jeez. So like- Oof. I think I was triggered by her behavior more than anything. (laughs) I'll put a trigger warning in front of the episode. Yeah, big old TW. So they go into Rosie's house complaining about how fair it is. Here's Buddy. You know how Mrs. Kanker feels about balls? I'm sorry. uh, That was Rosie's mom telling us how Mrs. Kanker feels about balls. And the answer is positively, as it turns out. (laughs) Loves them against her chin. (laughs) So then Rosie whines to her mom about things not being fair. Mom's going to make creamed liver casserole, which I'll go back to the lazy thing here. I was six years old in 1990 when this aired. Mm -hmm. There was never a time in my life where I worried about like my parents making liver and onions because I wasn't born in 1937. Right. Right. This is not a show written for children of 1990. It's a show written for children of like 40 years before that. Yeah, that's that's accurate. What are we doing here? I think the theme song kind of gets that across too like it's it sounds like it's from the 50s or 60s yeah there's like a leave it to beaver feel actually kind of to the whole show Hmm. but anyway so um now the kids go to watch tv and we get one of my my favorite things in all of television here not just cartoons and that's convenient television when homer's watching tv and it just happens to be the thing that he's thinking about and it spurs the plot like i wish my life would work like that you know and i'm like oh man I wish I had 
a Hooters near me. And then like a commercial <laughs> came on TV that was like, Hooters opening now, opening next door. And then I would go, oh man, that's just the thing that I wanted. But life doesn't work that way. I think that we've actually watched restaurant commercials and we're like, mm, that seems like a really great idea. Hooters and then, opening now. And then we don't follow through. So yeah, I agree. Convenient TV. Go See, on. What, what you guys are, are not doing is you, you have to live a life without agency and you just wait for the commercials to come to you mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then and then it happens. It's not so convenient anymore. It's true. It's, it's, it's what drives you. <laughs> you know what drives me? Hooters. <laughs> Only Hooters. Enjoy those cold wings, Ben. Drives you crazy. Absolutely. Those cold wings. Drives you all hot and bothered. Mm. Here's some TV. <laughs> Welcome to the Know Your Neighbor Show, where we dare to ask the question, how well do you know your neighbor? More than we want to know. Trouble with unsightly sores? Try new canker cream. I know a canker I'd like to cream. Don't we all? <laughs> Common thing. I know a canker I'd like to cream. A thing that normal people would say. Whatever you're into, that's fine. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so uh, then they got to go take out the trash. They come back. The dad is watching an infomercial for some bullshit tool. Keep in mind all these slights, by the way. They're going to come back. But yeah, so the kids are having a rough day. And then they go and they sit on rocks. It's just not fair. Adults can keep our balls. That's right, buddy. That's right, Rosie. Uh, I had a thought here. So this is the Roseanne Barr cartoon. If you told me that this was the Rosie O'Donnell cartoon, I probably could be convinced of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I saw this uh, in my my uh, like internet search, I was like, oh, Rosie O'Donnell had a cartoon. And it like it all blended together. The cartoon from the Rosie O'Donnell Christmas album. I could like it you could just put that in this show and it would be the same fucking thing. Yeah. There's no yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just yep. yes. And you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair. So they're on the rocks. Uh, Rosie says something bizarre. The trouble is, we've got no representation. And then there, she's like, I'm mad as heck. <laughs> so now we're making network references. <sighs> but what happens when you don't have representation, Shailen? You get no taxation. No taxation. Give me liberty or give me death. You no. throw tea in the harbor. No, it's none of those things. It's the laziest possible outcome. She imagines them all as superheroes. Just the laziest way out of this situation imaginable. So she imagines herself as super rosy. She bloops into this costume. It's pink and purple. It's got a cape that's longer than her body, which is somehow never a problem, but neither here nor there. And then Buddy and Tess are like, we want to be superheroes too. And they imagine themselves in cool superhero outfits. And you know what fucking Rosie did? What'd she do? She cut their knees out, Shailen. She cut their knees out. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Wrong! Super Rosie's rule number 14B says only one superhero allowed in the neighborhood at a time. That's the spot where I said I fucking hate this, by the way. She's (laughs) a product of her environment. (laughs) And at this point in the cartoon, we checked the timer, and there were six hours left yeah, of the episode. Yeah, at least 17 minutes left in this episode, man. Holy fuck. The, 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 the oh, man, I'm, I'm stumbling here. I'm just, like, flabbergasted by the, the logic of the, the, the show here. Like, she's complaining about rules mm-hmm. and 
that's not fair. And then she just goes ahead and just split second later just says like, no, you're not super. I have, I have rules and you have to listen to them mm-hmm. and abide by them. Yep. Yep. You have not created a likable character. You've not created a character that kids can rally behind. You've created a monster that she's trying to stop. Uh, it, it sucks so bad. It's, yeah, it's frustrating. It's hypocritical. It is illogical. Things that bothered me as an adult, but again, would have bothered me as a child as well. So the right, out, right. The, the that's, why this, that's why it didn't take off. Is that she demotes Tess and Buddy to be her not as super assistants. And yes, don't worry. I do have a not as super counter that we will resolve oh, at the end gosh, of the show here. Thank you. We'll listen to a few of them as we go. So they're all dressed in pink and purple, and now they're off. And now we enter sort of the Muppet Babies portion of the show where they're living in the world of imagination. And to establish this, they fly into the air, and they're flying around for legitimately 35 seconds doing nothing, when all of a sudden, they see... The Cleaner Plate Prison, stronghold of the evil Lex Liver. (laughs) Lex Liver is just horrible. It's just, it's lazy. So. The gist of this is... Something I would have written. <laughs> <laughs> tired. Yeah, I want to go home. Fuck it. It's funny. You get it? Uh, he's like Lex Luthor, but he's like, like makes you eat liver. So it's like an Oliver Twist thing where Rosie's mom is serving the creamed liver casserole to orphans. You get it? Got it. Jen, yeah. you get it? Got but, but instead of, I don't want to eat... I, I need more food. It's, I don't want to eat this food. I don't want to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. You remember, Shannon, like before where they didn't want to eat the casserole? Got the joke. We should get candy instead. Again, it's like poetry. So if they rhyme, mm-hmm. every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. Thanks, That's George. That's not how poetry so, works, George. So George Lucas knows what's going on here. There's a little callback here. Is You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Rosie and the kids. It's not fair, George. <laughs> they show up. Super Rosie! Everybody's super Cool. Cool the first time, cool the 11th time that that line comes up. <laughs> Imagine playing with a kid when you're a child, right? And they're like, I'm a superhero. And you're like, cool, I want to be superhero with you. And they're like, you can be my not a superhero sidekick. I wouldn't play with that kid anymore. I would have gone along with it and then just felt bad after. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Ben. I would have. <laughs> okay, you'll well, still play with me though, right? I guess I was a mean kindergartner. I don't know. Yeah, you were a mean kindergartner, Shale. And you know who else is mean? That little Rosie. Because those poor kids are trying to eat that cream liver casserole. You know what she says? What she say, Ben? You don't have to swallow that. Curses. <laughs> Curses. Curses. Oh, man. This show's pretty funny. So they throw the casserole at Lex Liver. She agrees that kids only have to eat like pizza and shakes or whatever. It's it's terrible. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. So now we go to Camp White Glove, where now the mom and the dad are like military people. They're just like, like Beetle Bailey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Beetle Bailey was there too. Um, so they're making different kids clean their room, right? Like the white glove treatment. It's time for the white glove test. And then it turns into this weird proctology scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just turn to the, the left and cough. The, exactly. Made Buddy bend over. 
But do you remember when the dad was Tom Arnold? When the dad was like, Rosie, you got to clean your room. Remember, Jalen? Yeah, I remember. Dave, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it's like poetry. So if they rhyme, mm-hmm. every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Thanks, George. So <laughs> <laughs> then. <laughs> Rosie and the kids show up. I know it's weird. They show up to help. And the parents slash military generals threaten to make kids peel potatoes, which again, like, like it would not have resonated me in 1990 peeling potatoes. Like it's like a 1940s joke. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's literally a joke from World War II. I'm I'm speechless. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And like the, even the, the way they illustrated like the barracks. And everything just looks like it's from the 50s or 60s. Yeah. Yeah. You could see it in Forrest Gump, perhaps. It looks like the Forrest Gump barracks. Remember where Forrest and Bumma famously cleared it? Bumma, by the way. Bumma. Famously cleaned it with a toothbrush. But the weird part about this scene, the white glove test, is it cuts over to Buddy. And he just, he swallows his rifle. Mm-hmm. And then blows out his brains. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts and all of a sudden they're in Vietnam. <laughs> But first, he killed. He killed the father first because he was being too abusive. Because yeah. they were beating him with the quarters. You see, right, right. The, the socks full of soap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full uh, metal, Rosie. Damn it! I was going to go down that exact road. Um, That's a Jetsons cartoon, which would have been so much better than what we watch. Fair metal, Rosie. That you, little Rosie, <laughs> isn't me. Stop. <laughs> We should have watched Full Metal Jacket. We should have. Matthew, <laughs> yep. Matthew Modine, by the way, well, most well-known these days, not just for being in Stranger Things, but being a big fan of the WNBA's Connecticut Sun. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine that. Interesting times. You know what else is interesting? How Rosie says the word garbage. <laughs> Stand back, kids, while I sweep up this garbage. Was she auto-tuned? Maybe. <laughs> what is that modulation? <laughs> Oh, uh, right and grabbed by T-Pain. <laughs> I would be delighted if T-Pain came out later and announced that, yes, indeed, I was involved heavily in the it's Rosie where, cartoon. That's <laughs> where I cut my teeth. Speaking of autotune, <laughs> of late, I've been listening to less Kids Bop, which is good, but I've also been getting more into like the adult version of Kids Bop. So if you look up Hit Nation on Spotify... It's just a group of people who are covering popular songs. They do like okay. 80 songs, 90 songs. Most of the songs have a healthy amount of auto-tune, which sort of makes you question what the whole point of the operation is. I mean, as far <laughs> it's as... It's not I... a stylistic choice, by the way. It's just because they, they can't hit those notes. Those recordings exist solely so that Ben can torture me when I'm driving and he's riding the it's good. seat. It's Chill not it's good. good. No, you're wrong. It's fun. You're objectively wrong. Just listen to the songs. It, the the way that I have described the songs is the definition of like dead behind the eyes. That's accurate. <laughs> it's the, the uncanny valley of songs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like if I want to listen to a song, I don't want to listen to the version of it that someone has beaten all emotion and tempo and any level of like a swing note from. Like give me something. Sorry, I just you're you're absolutely wrong. Like it's the same reason I picked Little Rosie. Like people need to see the the car wrecks in life. Yeah, it's not a car wreck. It is a very neat parking lot where nothing is happening and no one is interested except art. It's not art. 
Hashtag, it's not. It's hashtag, the opposite. Shailen, I'm going to put the final word on this argument. Hashtag, it is art. You're wrong. No, it's if I whisper it, people will listen harder to know that it's art. Listeners, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag Ben is wrong. Do you know it would be my ideal night? I'm just going to say it. You get like a platter of wings at Hooters okay. while you play a little Hit Nation on the jukebox. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Ooh, mama. We need a divorce. Ooh, Maybe Hit Nation is playing mama. at Hooters and you don't have to go anywhere. Oh, well, I assumed I, that was what oh, I was saying. I would love to see Hit Nation live. See, uh, I feel like seeing Kids Bop live is a, is a step too far, but Hit Nation, those are adults. Uh, That's all good. <laughs> And maybe they're serving you the wings. That's right. Find me a cover band that like at least thinks they feel the emotion. That's what I want. Like you don't have to be good. Do you want me to pull up the karaoke version if I don't want to miss a thing? I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't fucking challenge me. Anyway, and Hit Nation just uh, just sings the the songs from uh, Big Ones, the Aerosmith. Oh, uh, sure. sure. How many more yeah. minutes of this cartoon do we have to talk about? We should we should retrack here. So anyway, um, they kill the military people. And then Rosie hears Prattfall the Clown, who is their bozo, that he's in trouble. The Nada Super Sidekicks don't hear it, of course, because Rosie is superior. And they go to the TV studio where you have the dad again, but now he's the pitch man and he's pitching like the weird appliance from the the infomercial. Sheila, you remember that guy? Nope. Again, it's like poetry. So if they rhyme, Mm -hmm. every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. It, it did work, George, because we go through the third exact same fucking thing where Rosie and her not so super sidekicks run into an adult. They overpower the adult. The adult begs for clemency. In this case, the pitchman dad sniffs Rosie's cape, which is fucking strange. Gross. I thought he blew his nose in it. He does that later, but the first thing he does is sniff the cape. Like, he pulls it to his face and inhales. It yes. is, this is what I hear. It's very strange. Like. Some twins, and I guess, so in the show, these twins are science nerds who are the antagonists for Rosie and her crew. They accuse Rosie of doing all of this for personal gain. She goes on TV and gives the same speech. And as far as I can tell... That would be the end of part one. So what aired in September 1990. I can't think of another seam. But I will say that as you go into part two, something still seems really off. But it, yeah, it doesn't make sense. because The villain in part two is what caused her to imagine this scenario in part one. Yes. Maybe there was like a last time on Super Rosie. Oh, God. Imagine sitting through that. I'd rather not. Garbage! (laughs) It's like when you eat something terrible and then you throw it back up and you have to remember how bad it tasted. (laughs) Plus stomach acid. (laughs) That's an amazing metaphor. That's That's like the time I watched The Happening. (laughs) <laughs> the movie was so bad i literally vomited <laughs> the movie hot dogs are underappreciated ben that's right saw that in the theater oh, you mean gross dogs did you really yeah i'm so sorry yeah. the guy's holding the phone in a perfectly stationary manner it's crazy it's a crazy movie oh, we should have talked about the happening this week we oh should... there is the scene there is a scene where the guy like you like hot dogs yeah yeah you like gross dogs you like gross dogs you like hooters hooters are full of nutrients 
<laughs> menacing shots of the trees. <laughs> it's such a funny movie. <laughs> you know, Shailen, for somebody who said we were getting off track, you're dragging us off the track here. You brought up the happening, and it's too funny to not acknowledge how funny it is. It's <laughs> so... I'm dying. It was just tiramisu, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who else might have been in the happening? What character? The President of the United States. Oh, boy. And wouldn't you know they bring up the president a few times in this episode of Super Rosie. So we go to the clubhouse, which is like a treehouse, but it's a cool treehouse. It's like the Chipettes treehouse in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, but it's got like a big satellite. Looks real nice. It's got a big satellite. So they have yeah. a line to the president. Or do they? Super Rosie here. How you doing, Mr. President? It's not the president. It's his politically active daughter, Consuelo. So I'll admit, I laughed at that one line. <laughs> His politically active daughter, Consuelo. I also laughed at, how you doing, Mr. President? Because <laughs> it's like Independence Day. I was 100% expecting Ronald Reagan. Or <laughs> yeah. like a Ronald Reagan type. Calvin Coolidge, Bush, yeah. A, a George Bush type to come up here. A Harry Truman. Are you going to help <laughs> us, little Rosie? It's his politically active daughter, Consuelo. By the time <laughs> that that joke hit, I was so checked out of the cartoon that I think I was like almost upside down and started out upright and slowly tipped sideways until I was horizontal. And then I continued until my feet were above my head yeah, because I couldn't. Because you were in shock. Was so good. You got, it got all topsy-turvy. I was like, I need less blood uh, in my thinking parts here. I can't, I can't I do it. I don't think I care for that terminology at all. Anyway. That's fucking horrible. As someone who thinks with his hooters, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty gross, Shailen. <laughs> Hashtag man hooters. Now, <laughs> politically active daughter Consuelo. The politically active daughter Consuelo tells the super gang that Dr. No Fun is stealing all the balls in the world. And you're like, oh, weird. I seem to remember mm. that they lost their ball in the beginning. They lost all their balls. So they go flying again. And now they're above a house. And it looks like the end of Batman Forever. Remember, because the Riddler, he had the Enigma boxes or whatever, and then like all the world's like sexy fantasies were pouring into his head, and he's like, oh, God, am I? Edward It's just Nygma? like that. Yeah. E. e Nigma. Nigma. E Edward Nigma. What did Two-Face do in that movie? He laughed a lot. I remember that. He killed somebody, I seem to recall. Potentially. Yeah, that seems right. Who did he kill? Uh, it's Two-Face killed my parents. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was fishing for. The Mandela effect of yeah. Batman Forever. <laughs> so we look and we see that Dr. No Fun is in fact Mrs. Kanker, who you might remember from the beginning of the episode. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme, <laughs> every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. It did work, George. So it worked perfectly. <laughs> it was symmetry. Because you're like, wow, I seem to remember watching this a month ago, and now it's all flooding back to me. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's cinematic symmetry. So Dr. No Fun is getting all the balls here. It's going ball deep. <laughs> They're mine. All mine. Just a few more balls. Just a few more balls. That's right. So uh, let's see. What do we got here? Super Rosie and the gang go into the house. Uh, I don't know what this clip is. I do know that I notated it with the term kill me, so I'm sure it probably has to do with not so super. Let's find out. Super Rosie and her almost as super sidekicks. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Okay. 
there's like a laser beam. Buddy says he always wanted a beamer. And I so desperately wanted to go on Urban Dictionary and find that Beamer was like a weird fuck thing. It's yeah. not. It's not. Oh, that's a shame. Because it sounded like it. <laughs> I searched pages and pages of Beamer, and there's no weird fuck thing. So no, Not a one? Not a one. Shannon, what would a Beamer be if it were on Urban Dictionary, if it, was, if it were a sex thing? I told Ben as he searched through, Best case scenario when you're looking for that kind of content is like a hard nipple. That's all you're going to get. Get a beamer. I disagree. I could see that. That Yeah. Ben thought it was a blow job and he was wrong. I would like to posit a different theory, perhaps mm-hmm. an eye job because you beam with your eyes. So it's an eye job. So are you using your eyes on a, on a Shailen, sex let, part? Let's, or, let's or not get too graphic here. Okay. You, it's not that kind I of show. It. Enticing an eye. Which one is it? <laughs> Enticing an eye. Not a string of words I thought we would be saying today, but here we are. <laughs> you brought it up, man. Hey, can we like chill this talk? Like my eyes are getting real and tight. I agree. And, uh, you know, a little, a little awkward. I, it's the powerful art of suggestion, Shailen, and you took it way too far, as is fucking usual. Yep, it's what I do. Yeah, it is what you do. Habitual line growth. makes me sick. Listeners, we <laughs> want to hear from you at WatchBotsPod on Twitter. Hashtag iJob. Just ooh, draw some real subtle sensual images. So anyway. Dave, what do you think an eye job is? <laughs> or a beamer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I thought a beamer was like a super quick, intense blowjob. <laughs> super quick and intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. I love it. Hmm. Hashtag, hashtag beamer, hashtag eye job. Like one of those like machines that like, the people used to use uh, for weight loss. It was like a little belt that wrapped around mm-hmm. you. Like it was like it was like that, but like faster and like for your for your day. <laughs> That's quite a picture. <laughs> so, uh, Doctor No at Hooters. Doctor No Fun uh, summons robot parents. The kids are horrified at this, which seems weird since they've defeated many parents, but they don't. So, what happens here? Dad uses a fishing pole to reel in Buddy who lands in a chair. Dr. No Fun gives him tea. Tess, I don't know, she eats pie or whatever. Rosie is really conceited and defeats them. And then Rosie, after knocking the robots over, delivers what I think was the line of the episode. Even better than you don't have to swallow that. If only they could have been used for fun instead of boredom. <laughs> Do you see, <laughs> I, my, I had an out-of-body experience the second time I watched this because I was like, <laughs> I, I pictured two scenarios. One was in that they were in the writer's room and that line came up. If only they were used for fun instead of boredom. And it just fucking killed, <laughs> killed in the writer's room. People loved it. And then the other scenario was just that the writers turned in the script and literally nobody looked at it again until it was recorded. Like it is one or the other. There is no in between. There's that's, no middle that's ground. Here. Mm-hmm. I think it killed. I agree. I'd like to think so. It definitely yeah. killed, and it somehow overwrote all of the shit that came before it. Mm-hmm. They were like, with this line in this episode, it doesn't matter that everything else is intolerably horrible. Oh, it matters. Okay, so we're getting to the end here. Thank Th- God. They break the ball machine. The twins show up again, but they're not reporters. They work for the president? They work for the president, and little Rosie's like... Well, good. We're not Doctor No Fun, but then they actually work for adults? Question mark. 
Don't be absurd. Do you actually believe you can just break into a person's home and take your balls back? She's an adult. Adults have rights. We're paid to protect those rights. <laughs> okay. So you spent the last 15 minutes in, you know, like a kid power sort of fantasy where kids right, are right. taking back their rights. And then the end of the daydream is they open the door and the whole adult world has considered the menaces to society. And the whole thing, the, the adult world. The daydream ends, but you can assume that if it went on, they probably would have been just killed in like a Day of the Dead style. Just, just drawn in quarters. Just ripped like, to shreds. What, like Braveheart. What, what is, who daydreams like this? I don't know. I, mean, I do because I'm like uh, I, I I hate myself, but like yeah. Why do you want to show this in a in a children's cartoon? Like, <laughs> hey, take your daydreams as far as you can go, kids. Like, dream big until you get to the end and you realize there's all these roadblocks. Yeah, I, I mean, I daydream about stepping in front of trains constantly, but I've I've lived life. Like, I wasn't six years old thinking that. Oh this. boy, that was a really oh, sad thing you just said. Oh, no, it's livin'. I just got a connection here. I think Shailen watched Little Rosie a lot, and she's not telling us because when we ask Shailen what she dreams about, you know, the big things that she wants in life, she says things like turkey sandwiches. <laughs> Listen, my ball back. The, like, the right old, turkey sandwich is so good. Can we get a call back on the dream <laughs> sandwich? I would kill for a dream so, yeah, sandwich right now. Shailen, this they this rhyme. Mm-hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully, it'll work. Turkey sandwich. I don't know what song that is, but okay. <laughs> oh, dream sandwich. Oh, man. Oh, man. The, the daydream ends there. It just cuts. And then they're sitting on the porch. Like, well, daydream over for us. I guess uh, we're fucked. The adult world hates us. Fuck <laughs> us having dreams. It's the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want it to be over, but it's not. Oh, God, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Just keep praying for death. Rosie marches next door. Oh, so when I say it, it's sad. But when you say it, it's fine. Rosie marches next door to Mrs. Kanker's house. Uh, She apologizes. She gets the ball back. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Might be my favorite line. Take back what I said about swallowing and all that. (laughs) (laughs) She just goes over and she just monologues at Mrs. Kanker for four and a half minutes. And then just, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you think, good. wow, what a conclusion. We're finally done, but we're not because we come back and there's still more to this fucking show. So they're hanging out in the backyard. The first thing is we get the moral and the moral is important. Take note, sidekicks. If you think you're being treated unfairly, then it's up to you to try and work things out. Works for me. Super Rosie's rule? Nope, just common sense. How did she arrive at this? Uh, Common sense. Laziness. The daydream ends, and it ends horribly, Mm -hmm. or horrifyingly, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, oh, we just have to ask. Just common sense, idiots. (laughs) It's like, where did you... That's Where like the, the fucking, it's like the sandlot because the superpowers empowered them to think with the superpower of common sense. So after all this bullshit that we sat through, hours and days of our lives gone, the moral of the story is if you want something, ask politely. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the days of our lives. <laughs> like sand through the hourglass. Yeah. This is a useless exercise, and I hate this cartoon. Mm -hmm. My favorite plot in the Days of Our Lives was uh, when Marlena was possessed. (laughs) 
My favorite days of our lives, anything, was when I was on a bus north of Boston and someone had a giant tattoo on her arm that said, like, sands through the hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was this, it was from her shoulder to her elbow. That's cool. That's cool. A nice half sleep. Y'all, y'all are Philistines. I watched the ABC ones. So all my children, days of, oh, not General days Hospital. of our lives, one life to live, General Hospital. That's, that's where I lived my you know, life. Were you a Port Charles guy? No, no. To me, that really bastardized the message. Mm-hmm. The message. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I was a passions. I love passions. I thought passions <laughs> was just ludicrous enough. I liked passions in a way that you're not supposed to appreciate it. Like I, I took it as a joke. Yeah, exactly. Okay, my mom was a general hospital person, so that's I often watch that. But the that's days right. of our lives occasionally popped up. Kindred so. spirits. So you, you would think that the episode ends with the moral, but it doesn't. Because they Was go it? back and they play kickball. Now stand back while I give this ball a super rosy colossal kick. And a little light bulb went off in my head because I was like, that sounds familiar. Say your prayers, buddy. I'm giving it the little rosy super colossal kick. Again, it's like poetry, so that they rhyme. Mm-hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. You see. Hopefully it'll work. Okay, thank you, George. You know, as you see, it's everything not sort a of rhyme repeats. If it's, it's the a, same it's a, thing, it's a, a bookend. <laughs> the whole episode is a palindrome, if you think about it that way. Race car. Little Rosie begins on the, the sand <laughs> planet of Tatooine. We open with two a shot of the two suns. Like everything saying. opens on fucking Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's Little Rosie. We did it. <laughs> we got through it. How many years of our lives are gone? <laughs> It's days of our lives. Days of our lives is the okay. joke show. Dave's of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Would you show little Rosie to a, a little kitty? Dave? Like a kitten? Yeah. Yeah, I'd show it to a cat. Okay. Because it doesn't affect them at all. Mm. Uh, to a child, though, no. No, I wouldn't. The the Just the idea of, it, uh, it's not fair, being repeated <laughs> a thousand times. Not good behavior to model. Okay. I wouldn't show it to a cat because I'm not mean to cats. And I wouldn't show it to a child because it's not only bad modeling, but also it's a callback to when I was a kid in third grade and someone mentioned that you're not supposed to like broccoli. When I was a kid, I fucking loved broccoli. The fuck is wrong with you? It's del- broccoli the is delicious. Thing you've ever said on this show. When you were a kid, you liked broccoli? Yes. I didn't know you weren't supposed to like vegetables. Until- Bet you would have liked creamed liver casserole. Meanwhile, me, when I was a kid, if it wasn't Hooters or Hooters themed, I wasn't interested. <laughs> That's the, the kind of sly cat I am, baby. Cartoons shouldn't- Look at the kids meal at Hooters, right? Actually, all entertainment, like children's entertainment or adult entertainment- Let's paint with a broad brush, okay. Should not shame people for healthy habits. They shouldn't. Well, you're shaming the show for encouraging imagination. Imagination is fine, but not shaming people for liking broccoli. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to shame you for liking broccoli. Because that's the kind of monster I am. Dave, I'm glad you brought up It's Not Fair. The It's Not Fair count here ends up at five. So that's roughly an an It's Not Fair every four minutes or so. So, On the... Every fifth of of the episode. That's correct. Just so you don't forget that things aren't fair to kids. Now... The not as super or nearly as super or almost as super count, I kind of grouped them together, ends at 11. And that sounds like a lot, and that's because it is. It's it's, it's a horrible, it's horrible gag to repeat 11 times. It's too many. But what you have to keep in mind 
is that the last minute of the cartoon is credits. The first minute of the cartoon is credits. And then it took until minute six for this to come up. So almost a super comes up like once every 80 seconds or so uh, after the point the kids are introduced. That is a terrible average. That's a bad average. Yeah. It's not a super one. Mm Mm-mm. It's like at the end of Blood Meridian, where they talk about the judge and like his terrible nakedness. It's that kind of terrible, you know? <laughs> Traipsing through this cartoon wasteland. That's correct. That was yeah. a pretty strong <laughs> connection there, Ben. Thank you. In, no, I guess I wouldn't show this to a kid. Uh, too long. Too long. <laughs> and let's go with one to five, uh, you know, George Lucas mirrors. You guys know that gif? It's just like a close-up of a guy's face and he just blinks like befuddled absolutely he just kind of like shakes his head a little bit that's my my review of this cartoon <laughs> just that face blinking befuddled bemused whatever like just i i don't know what anybody was thinking with this it's it's crazy <laughs> it's wild it's all those things uh it confused me to no end i give it I give it no pieces of broccoli. I give it no garbage. I give it no, I give it no, it's not fairs. Zero. I am so glad that you brought gifts into the review. Mm-hmm. Because I would use the bad taxidermy creature that no one has identified to my knowledge that holds up his hands pointing. And then they show its face looking confused. And then it holds up its hands being like, what is this? What is this? What Only is this? you would bring what up a this? gift that nobody has ever heard of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what I'm the not sure fuck are you talking it. about? <laughs> I Every- thought you were going to say that you like the little shack when he does his little like, excited shake. No. You're going to give this a five out of five. No, no, no. If I could give this negative numbers, I would. But I will suffice to offer zero. Zero, whatever rankings we're giving it. It is terrible. You're welcome, world. We have saved you the trouble mm-hmm. of ever, ever looking up this cartoon. When we watched this show, Ben and I watched it together this week, and um, I said to him, I don't want to use up all my jokes, but um, Dave's choice here is if making- If only it had been used for fun instead of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's choice here uh, makes me sad for his childhood. I hope he didn't actually watch this. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Why isn't it over? I hate it. I hate it. I'm mad at Dave. These were all her jokes, by the way. Every single time that we think we (laughs) scraped the very bottom, Dave finds something lower. That's right. That's right. That's my job. That's why I was put on this this green earth. (laughs) This mortal coil. Scrape the head cartoon bottom. It's why we love you, Dave, but also like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing. We're talking about GIFs, right? I got a GIF for you. They're GIFs back. I got a GIF for you. No, he's not jawed. We all know the GIF from Batman Forever, Uh, to bring it back to Batman Forever, where Batman's in his little plane and he gives the the thumbs up. Uh Well, you know what I think? Flip that motherfucker around, because this is a big thumbs Thumbs down from this guy. Still, no one can see it from from where they are. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I try to find some level of value in everything that we watch, not least because... Uh, I am committed to having to watch these things twice and then listen to us talk about them as I edit the episode. So I try to find some goodness in it. I hated watching this. It was so bad. The second time was a little easier to stomach than the first. I think maybe because I knew what I was in for. So it's bad on its own. But then to put it in a little more context as to why this is bad, when Roseanne went off the deep end in 2016, 
right? She was almost wiped from the pop culture zeitgeist. But the goodwill that she had raised from little Rosie kept that little nugget of hope alive for her to return someday. And that is a detriment in my mind. So it's the ultimate Batman upside down, thumbs down out of five uh, George Lucas mirrors. This might be. This is the Sebulba. (laughs) (laughs) This may be the thing that the three of us have on a united front decided is the worst. Mm -hmm. I think of every episode we've ever done, I don't know that all of us have unanimously agreed so vehemently. I mean, I think we've just agreed on, on many things vehemently. A violent agreement. Violent agreement. Violent agreement. And we have we have just one more review. Again, it's like poetry. So if they rhyme, mm-hmm. every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully, it'll work. That's deep, George. Do you think that George Lucas knows what poetry is versus Dr. Seuss? Yeah, poetry rhymes. She only likes stanzas. Yeah, it rhymes, and and they mirror each other. You know, we've talked a lot about comedians, monsters. Comedians that are monsters, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was putting together my game, and I realized that a lot of a lot of cartoons from our past that are the concept is makes you scratch your head a bit, right? A lot of comedians, mm-hmm. a lot of edgy comedians had a lot of cartoons, and it doesn't make sense to me. So I've created a game. It's called Head Scratchers. Mm-hmm. I would like to better if it was, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, we can change the, the can name of the game is it doesn't make sense to me. That's Head baloney. Scratchers colon, that's it doesn't baloney. make sense to me. <laughs> Second colon, that's baloney. Second colon, that's baloney. So what I'm going to do is I've found a bunch of cartoons mm-hmm. that are based off of comedians' stand-up acts. Okay. Excellent. I'm going to read you a description of it. And we're going to alternate. And you are going to have to guess the title of the show for one point, and you guess the comedian it is based off of for another point. Spoiler alert. Every answer for me is going to be Louis C.K. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, there is a, a little bit of a twist to this game. As Ooh. I was putting it together, I realized, my God, a lot of these comedians are are problematic. So once we figure out who the comedian is, I will read a little bit about why this show <laughs> Or these shows are uh, are horrifying. Splendid. Splendid. Love it. Let's get started here. Uh, who wants to go first? Shaylin will go first. Shaylin, this show. Set in Philadelphia, the show centers on this titular character as he explores everyday life through his imagination. This character lives with his parents, his great-grandmother Alice, a.k.a. Alice the Great, his older sister April, and brother Bobby. At the end of every show, he breaks the fourth wall by summarizing his day to the audience before going to bed. What show is this? Will Smith. And the name of the show is uh, Will's Not Problematic at School, yeah? No, it's uh, 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 uh. <laughs> It's for the look. Uh, the, I don't like it. The, the show is called Welcome to My Hand. You don't want to see my hand where my hit be at. This is the Will Smith game now. <laughs> <laughs> You're so close, Shailen, but I can't give you points. It's called Little Bill. <laughs> it is a children's show, but aimed at like toddlers, so like a Daniel Tiger kind of audience. Who's the star, Dave? Bill Cosby. Damn it. 
Bill Cosby is the monster that created the show called Lil Bill. I have a lot of he's, internal conflict about Bill Cosby and his messaging. He's and out his of behavior. prison. It's all it's all good. Technicalities yeah. make you less of a monster. Ben, this this one's not a monster, I think. I haven't done research. But. Okay. This show is about a young boy named Damey, D-A-M-E-Y, <laughs> Damey, from a poor background with a club foot, <laughs> and was based on the creator's own childhood in the Chelsea neighborhood in the New York City borough of Manhattan. The comic is Damon Wayans, and the show is called Clubfoot Damey. Oh, you got the point for Damon Wayans. The show is called Waynehead. <laughs> and Damon Wayans, I don't think is problematic. However, what was problematic was the response that Warner Brothers gave his cartoon when it was getting poor ratings. Uh, the show lasted for, this is a quote from Wikipedia, uh, the show lasted for 13 episodes for one season. As a reason for its cancellation, Warner Brothers has explained that the show wasn't black enough or funny enough. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> not, <Huh>. not cool, <laughs> Warner Brothers. <laughs> not cool. Who gets to decide that? There's a certain bluntness to Wikipedia articles sometimes that I find refreshing. Uh, yes. Similarly, with Little Rosie, <laughs> just described it as Roseanne Barr's first attempt at a cartoon, and the chills just ran through my body. <laughs> <laughs> what could this attempt. mean? It sounds like murder. Like she tried first She'll get a right murdering her, her spouse. All right, Shailen. Mm-hmm. This movie, not a show, but a movie. Is it a cartoon? It is an animated movie, yes. Okay. This movie is a 1991 American animated musical comedy film starring the voice talent of this self-effacing comedian who also wrote and co-produced the film. It is about a street dog named Rover who is owned by a Las Vegas showgirl. Rover gets dumped off the Hoover Dam by the showgirl's boyfriend. However, rather than drowning, Rover ends up on a farm. This is terribly sad, and I don't care for it. Yeah. I'd like to swoop if you don't have an answer. Ben, please swoop. A triumph, the comic insult dog, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Shailen, do you have an idea of who the comedian is? A self-effacing comedian? No, I have no idea who could possibly call themselves a comedian and in the same breath describe a dog being thrown off the Hoover Dam. Have you you no respect for yourself? Maybe like a Rodver Doggerfield? I'm too sad thinking about a dog being thrown off a dam. Please continue. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, you get no points. The name, the comedian is Rodney Dangerfield, who gets no respect. Rodver Doggerfield? And I'm just really name. sad about a dog being thrown away. It's not fair. The name of the movie is Rover Dangerfield. Look up Rover the- Dangerfield. <laughs> ben, maybe you can play the trailer at the end of the, uh, the episode. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Rover Dangerfield. It sounds like the saddest movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I need right, it. Because he doesn't get respect. <sighs> this show, with the voice of this actor known for his nerdy roles revolves around the misadventures of a human teacher named Max Schneider, who has unwittingly taken a job at Gravedale High, a school for monsters. Schneider, the only human in the school, presides over a group of ghoulish teenagers that are the last-generation versions of classic movie monsters like Frankenstein and Dracula and all of that. So it's a comedian known for nerdy roles. Nerdy roles. Hmm, who was known for nerdy roles? Well, of course, the comedian is Jaleel White. And the show is 
Monster High starring Steve Urkel. Can I posit a guess? You can swoop in. Is it Anthony Edwards doing that show that had like the weird Frankenstein guy that the McDonald's or maybe Burger King toys where the guy did this and he had his arms up and he put them down and his tongue stuck out? The famed, famed stand-up comic, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. <laughs> I'm uh, just... I'm going to give you a point for effort there, Shaylin. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was Rick Moranis. Damn it. Rick Moranis. But what was um, the show? Rick Moranis's Gravedale High. <laughs> that was his last role before Was Gravedale High the... <laughs> cartoon that had the weird with the arms things. up and down yeah of course dave answer the question answer the fucking question i think it had weird things i'm not sure what what things the toys with the arms that went up and down no, can we I just I, 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 I need to do a little live research here hold on we don't do that we don't do live research never <laughs> never on this show <laughs> i was trying to figure out a way to describe rick moranis and i was like nerd nerdy god's perfect human yeah yeah Country music star, Rick Moranis? I mean, that would be true. And also the star of the best version of Little Shop of Horrors ever. Um, also, <laughs> Great Deal High, not the show I thought it was at all. So. What was the show you were thinking of? I have no idea. I just know there was a kid named Frankie. So it's called... <laughs> You're thinking of Head of the Class. Anyway. It's adorables. It's called Rick Moranis's Grave Deal High, but there's mm. no character named rick moranis it, like and he just voiced this character named sure. Matt schneider it's very confusing shaylin dave although not that popular in the u.s this show based on a comedian's life in the midwest achieved cult status in some countries in eastern europe where fox kids was a popular tv channel during the 90s and early 2000s most notably in romania and in turkey all right is the comedian problematic? No, he's not problematic. Is this Bobby's is world? Maybe I'll, I'll read that last line again. Most notably, Romania and in Turkey. All right. Yeah, that didn't help me. What? What? How did you not get that? Sheldon is looking at me imploringly as if I'm going to give her the answer. S- steal it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ben, you, you, you give those points. Life with Louis? With? Louis Anderson. I was going to say oh. Louis Armstrong, which would have been a better show. <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> Put down that trumpet, Louis. I would watch a cartoon about Louis Armstrong. You don't remember the life. Louis Anderson show, Shailen? We talked about it. I didn't understand Dave's I don't ask impression. For, I don't ask for a lot on this show, just a little institutional memory. I thought my and showing up. I gave you Howie Mandel. I, I thought it was he was good. in the Midwest. They all had the accent, and they said the don't you knows. Okay, okay, all right. I latched on to Midwest. Ben, turkey it should be a Thanksgiving cartoon. Anyway, delicious sandwich. Again, it's like pork. <laughs> Episodes of this show often featured uh, a, a SNL or SCTV character and several adventures which start out as mundane but turn very, very surreal and cartoonish interspersed with science lessons from character The Amazing Gustav Brothers and a uh, live-action segment with a scary story. What is this cartoon? There's nothing problematic here, I think. <laughs> the comedian is Dave Thomas and the show is Grace Under Fire. I'm sorry, it was a, 
It was called The Strange Brew Kids, and it starred Dave Thomas and, and Rick Moran. Oh, wait a minute. So I should get a Dave Thomas point. No, no. I was just joking. It no. Was, um, it's Martin Short as Ed Grimley in the cartoon The Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley, a cartoon based off of a character from an adult sketch comedy show. Yeah. Just strange. Like, who, who was like, you know what? We got to make this this guy, Ed Grimley, whose famous skit is about him, like, convincing someone not to jump off a roof we gotta make a cartoon about him well that's like when they made the new little rascals but it was based off the eddie murphy version of buckwheat <laughs> <laughs> with the right. song Shailen? yes that's correct with the songs with absolutely the, with the song Shailen? dave the show is set in a fictional summer camp run by this comedic actor is that all i get this How much show? else do you it's need? It's Camp Candy, of course. There you go. There you go. Starring John Candy. Yeah. Not problematic, to my knowledge. Just okay. a good dude. Tied three to three. Ben? Mm-hmm? This show's creator and voice actor explained that he accidentally created the main character's voice when he was choking on a piece of cake. That's who, who's choking on a piece of cake? Oh, uh, Bobby's World. With? Howie Mandel. All I want is a little bit of institutional That's how knowledge. you remember callbacks, Shailen. That's how you do it. I knew that one without hesitation, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, bravo. Okay, Shailen. Don't you know. Shailen, it's the last one. You can tie this. You can end in a Watchbots classic. Mm. Mm. Much like this actor's live-action sitcom, this actor's cartoon, uh, sorry, the actress and her husband found <laughs> themselves embroiled in a battle with producers. Over the cartoon, ultimately leading to its cancellation. Is it this stupid cartoon about Rosie? <laughs> it's Family Ties, the cartoon. <laughs> yes. With? Roseanne Barr as a person who is technically involved, but that, really was not involved. That's correct. Ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> we have a WatchBots tie. Congratulations to both of you. Did you ever see the Red Fox cartoon? Uh, Did you make oh, that up? It's called Life, the- with, Life with Foxy. Yeah, it aired on the um, the, the the Fox, the Saturday morning Fox. <laughs> yeah. Filthy cartoon, just filthy. Yeah. Oh, it's true. God. All right. On to the mailbag. Let's say you're a superhero. You have one fatal weakness that you must keep hidden at all costs. What is it? Get her done, Chris Gaines. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I mean, this is really easy for me. Okay. Mayonnaise. <laughs> It's well, disgusting and horrible. You can, and uh, you can write to us. <laughs> what about you guys? <laughs> Elaborate. It's gross. It looks gross. It smells gross. It tastes wrong. It is just. It's gross. Oh, don't do that in the uh, microphone. We have no. to broadcast this on the internet. And that's how I feel about mayonnaise. What the fuck is wrong Y'all with you? are welcome. You don't when, have to swallow that. When people talk about mayonnaise, it makes me yak. Like thinking about it right now is making my stomach turn and I kind of want to go vomit right now. Don't talk about it. I hate it. One time I was in a grocery store mm-hmm. and someone dropped mayonnaise on the floor and the jar broke and I threw up on top of what <laughs> fell out of the jar and then I had to abandon the cart and leave because I couldn't face the people who worked at the grocery store. What a monster. And it took me three weeks to return to that store, even though it was less than a mile from our house, because mayonnaise 
This happened like within the last three years. Oh boy, it, it thirty-five. Was, I just needed some fucking pickles and some asshole dropped a jar of mayonnaise, and I cannot forgive them. So you, you get need one of those. You get one of those fucking pickles at Peckers. You needed some fucking pickles and some asshole. What store are you going into? Is this amazing.net? Market basket. Mm-hmm. What kind of mayonnaise are you, you referring to, Shannon? Fucking pickles. Canes or any. It's all terrible and I hate all of it. Unless mayonnaise. What about what about Dukes? I have one very specific application of mayonnaise that is acceptable in my life. And that's when you're grilling haddock in the side of a newspaper. Of course. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I have no need for it. Totally not sexual lubricant. That's that's nope. no one was ah. thinking that. I just yacked in my mouth. What about Dave. what about the Duke's Mayo Classic Shale? Nope. The college Stop football it. game. I'm gonna throw up. I'm really like legitimately gonna throw up. You can't do this, man. If you yacked on the microphone, that'd be a real watch box classic. <laughs> <laughs> You, you were so eager to get the information out there. I look at you now. So high and mighty. Stop doing that into the microphone. I demand it. Listeners demand it. Dave, what would your weakness be and why, why is it mayonnaise? What is, <laughs> what is my kryptonite? What is your mayonnaise? Uh, <laughs> is she throwing up? Maybe. I'm watching intently. All right, I kept it down, but you got to change it. You can't keep going. My, my kryptonite is... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm losing it. <laughs> my kryptonite is... Uh, uh, <laughs> you could just insult me, and I would just um, crumble. <laughs> just absolutely crumble. I'd like to dish it out, but I can't. I can't take it at all. You could just hurl an insult at me, and I would just fall over. Or like... You know, fall down like a like a jar of mayonnaise in a grocery store. <laughs> I'm actually serious when I said you can't keep talking about it because I'm really gonna throw up on the okay, floor. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ben. It's um, okay. It's it's your turn now. You know, for me, I've I've thought about this between Shailen's bizarre, insane rant and Dave's you know well thought out answer here. For me, the answer is that I'm a, I'm a bit of a spill boy. You know, like I can't not spill things anymore. That's true. I'll pour a cup of coffee and I'll walk down into the basement to go to the room where I do work. And there's just coffee drips all down the stairs or like, I'm just knocking over cups constantly now. And <laughs> he knocked over oh, and he claims a half, but I say an almost full bottle of water. What, what is measurement Shailen? But like a thing that you just made up to suit your needs. That's fine. It saturated an entire bath towel. It was a lot of water. It was a saturated bath towel. It's one hell of a saturated bath towel. Hashtag Ben's a squirter. If I was a superhero and I had to like carry a beaker full full of stuff, let's say that we were in the height of the pandemic, right? And fucking like Jimmy Pfizer was like, I have the vaccine. This is the one vial. Don't let it get into the enemy's hands. And I had to carry it across the room. That would be a problem for me because I would probably spill it. Yeah. He'd just drop it on the floor and be walk. like, why? I famously spilled the coffee all over like this fucking dumb board that we use to record this show. And to this day, it doesn't still work right. That's why this audio pops all over the place. It makes me fucking sick. I appreciate that <laughs> you're fucking hate it. singling out the coffee and not the fact that I dumped an entire beer across your laptop that time. What? Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's true, but that wasn't about me being a spillboy. That would, right. that, would, that would just be me being like mean to you for no reason. 
I'll tell you what my weakness is. It's apparently not being able to resist being mean to Shayla. <laughs> Ben's weakness is being nice to me. God damn it. You know what my weakness is? That's not important. Trying too hard, <laughs> being too kind. Listen, you want to keep going down this road. Don't. Don't You do know, it. at the Duke's Mail. <laughs> As a winning coach. Oh, boy. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What is your uh, your one weakness? Tweet us at WatchBotsPod along with your social security number with the hashtag MyPersonalMonster. Yeah, and if you're excited about this show, you know, hit us back with the hashtag MayoYays. <laughs> or a hashtag Duke's Mayo Classic. <laughs> Ask for it by name at your local grocery store. Now, that'll do it for little Rosie. We'll just say now, I'm putting this in the ether to get us to commit to doing it. We're in March here, the month of madness in the United States. Now, it's madness in the world, but particular, it's madness about college hoops and brackets, et cetera, et cetera. Good kind of madness. That's right. That's right. It's not a multiverse. It's nothing weird. So I'm planting the seed that maybe, maybe possibly, there will be a bracket of some sort for our next episode. Shailen, you excited? I am mad with anticipation. I can't remember what we were going to talk about. That's I right. do remember. We're, I was responding to the thing you just said. Yeah, we're, we're, we're rating all yes, the condiments and. in the world. Yes, and. We, we picked the 32 best mayonnaise great. ads. <laughs> <laughs> You have to clean up the vomit if I throw up on the floor. I'm not doing it. You're not vomiting? That's good. I'm not cleaning it up. So we'll get there. You make me Listeners, throw up. You know, it'll be something very mirthful, very mad. It'll be a fucking mess, I'm sure. Because I can't think of one like ranking tournament thing we've done that has ever gone smoothly. But have no doubt. Much like we did with this little rosy episode, we'll plow through. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's... Our ethos is we have to plow through. So any final thoughts on Roseanne Barr or Little Rosie or anything, I guess. You guys want to hear me read the tweets that Roseanne Barr wrote? Uh, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Only if you hold your nose. <laughs> no, I probably shouldn't. If I had my druthers, we would just tuck this away neatly and pretend it never happened mm-hmm. and never acknowledge her again. Well, let me say this. If I had a choice as to my druthers, this cartoon would have starred one Sally Struthers. Poetry. Think about that. Rhyming. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme, mm-hmm. every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. Something, something, Scatman Crothers. <laughs> and you can only see this kind of poetry if you follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. But Shailen has the password too, but doesn't post it. You didn't write it in writing, I watch so I don't pod. know what it is. Please subscribe, rate, and review five stars on all of those platforms. iTunes especially. People love those iTunes reviews. And we love five-star reviews. I just love stars. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And, you know, Shailen, here's what I need. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need. I need you to do... An acapella version of the Roseanne theme song in your best Roseanne voice. I can't promise a Roseanne voice, but I 
Can you give me like the first like three bars? <laughs> Is this name of that tune? Yep. I can't remember what happens after that. Peter Frampton. I think I think that's the home improvement. I don't think that's No, no. It's Do you want the 4 minute version? Yes. Please. Oh, that that's the who's <laughs> That's the wrong one. Ready? I'm not wrong, Dave. It's like who See? framed Roger Rabbit? Exactly. It ends with a horrible cackle. Can we be done now? I'm going to let this run for a minute. Please, Jesus. I just need to let this run under it. Find the, find the right moment to smoothly transition into the rover danger field. Ha 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 ha. Mary Tyler Moore? The world off with her smile. Anyway. Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile? Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. We did it. No respect. No respect at all. He's the last word in animal magnetism. I'm smart. Well, when I was paper trained, I learned to read. He's the hottest thing that ever hit Las Vegas. I love my life in Las Vegas. I wouldn't change it for anything. I got it made here. He's animation's newest party animal. Why, it's a dog's life, and I love it. Las Vegas is the place for me. He's Rover Dangerfield. Hey, gang, how you doing? He's a big city hound on his way out of town. Oh, pardon me. I mean, I'm new in town. Way, way out of town. Ah! I'm on a farm. <laughs> I think I'll change my name to Jethro. What a vocabulary. He's hot on the trail of fun. Get away from those chickens. Look, we're buddies. And adventure. Uh, who do you think you're dealing with? Little Red Riding Hood? And he's about to discover... Hey, who's she? A farm is the perfect place for love to grow. I'd give up a bone for you Cause that's how much you mean to me When I first saw your face My heart began to race To fill my soul with ecstasy <laughs> Hey, Big Mouth! Who asked for a wake-up call? He's man's best friend. Fetch, boy, fetch! You want it? You go get it. He's Rover Dangerfield, the dog who gets no respect. No respect at all.